For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the third and final hour of the Live with Rang Show. Man, you guys are rocking and rolling with this uh, remembering the weather back when you were younger issue. We'll certainly get to your phone calls coming up. I... Uh, didn't have enough time at the end of that last uh, segment. I had that hard break that I have to hit for the top of the hour, uh, all the things that happen at the top of the hour for the national news and what have you. I wanted, should have made time earlier uh, to tell you that Steve Caro, State Representative Steve Caro from the 59th District, he was born and raised in Southwest Michigan, Attended Portage High School, then graduated from Western Michigan University. He is in his uh, first, his freshman uh, term as a state representative in the 59th District. But he's also now running in the 4th District against Bill Heisinger, as well as Fred Upton, if Fred Upton decides to run Many, uh, he hasn't officially came out that I can tell and say he's running, but he also has uh, bought a quarter of a million dollar ad uh, campaign in his district, uh, which kind of tells you he's going to run. So now let's bring to you Steve, Rep, State Representative Steve Gara, again, running in the fourth, the new fourth district against his primary opponent right now is Bill Heisinger and possibly Fred Upton. So good morning and oops, good morning and welcome to the show, Steve. I appreciate you calling in. Why don't you uh, give the folks a little bit more information about yourself and why you've decided to run uh, after uh, only serving one segment, one term in the state house, Steve. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Rank. Uh, to start, you know, I think that status quo Republicans are far too weak. They're go along to get along. When you ask yourself, who does Washington want to be the next congressman from Southwest Michigan? They're going to want one of the no-toast, go along to get along status quo Republicans. They don't want a fighter. They don't want somebody who's going to go there, rock the boat, and actually stand up for the American people. And that's why President Trump and Rand Paul have both endorsed me for this race because they know I'm not just what the machine wants. All right. And what, as you said, you're not just what the machine wants. So what would you, two things, what would you do? Well, let me leave first. What would you be pushing for if you were to win the primary and then the general, what would be your main issues you want potential voters for you to hear that you'll be working on in Washington, D.C.? Sure. So when you ask about some of the main issues, you'll hear similar things from all of us. You know, we're pro-life, pro-gun rights, opposed critical race theory, unconstitutional mandates, uh, illegal immigration, you know, things of that nature. Well, we'll all be good on those issues, but the core and the heart of the corruption in Washington is when people go there and they have large donors and special interest groups who say, hey, 
you know, we know you want to be chair of this committee next term. What are you going to do about this bill? We want you to be a yes vote on this. Uh, we have a large corporation that wants a special deal that everybody else doesn't get, lower taxes or regulations that actually crowd out small businesses and create monopolies for the big guys. Who's going to go and actually fight against that machine? That's going to be me. I know how the system works, but I'm not part of the system. And that's what we need to save our country. Well, let me ask you this. How, and it always comes to numbers, right? How do you think one person or a few handful, full, you being one, if you were to win the primary and then win the general, uh, could fight against what I agree with you uh, with is huge, huge corruption. I mean, isn't that plus, Steve, isn't that also what happens in today's state politics? It is. I have colleagues who put their arm around my shoulder and said, hey, Steve, we see you're voting no on a lot of these bills, but you know, if you want to be chair of a committee next term or if you want to be in a position of leadership, I know these aren't very good bills, but you have to vote yes on these in order to get the uh, support from your colleagues and, and move up the ranks. And I say, well, to me, I should vote yes if it's a good bill. I should vote no if it's a bad bill. Is it following the Constitution or not? That's what the people from the 59th District sent me to Lansing to do. And that's what the people from Southwest Michigan are, are going to send me to Washington to do. Uh, me alone, no, there's going to be all kinds of congressmen from around the nation. People are tired of status quo politics. They want fighters, somebody who's not just going to go along to get along, somebody who's going to rock the boat. And we're going to see a good group of people coming in in the state legislature and in Washington who are going to fight against these milk toast, go along to get along, uh, complicit in the process of the status quo government kind of elected officials. What have you done in the state government to give people a preview of what you will or could do in the uh, federal government in the perspective or only from uh, exposing this corruption or, or uh, fighting against it? I'm one of very few uh, Republicans who voted against the state budget this last fiscal year. It was $61 billion, and we increased it to $71 billion, a $10 billion increase. Absolutely catastrophically fiscally irresponsible, yet almost every single Republican elected official voted for it. And, you know, now it passed anyway, even though I voted no. But if I go to Washington, you actually gain me in the state legislature because I will go there. And if there's a bad bill that's coming up in the state legislature, I'll find a, a, somebody to run a primary against whoever sponsored a terrible bill. I'm not going to do it all the time, but you have a couple of state representatives who come up with some bad idea. I'll say I'll, I'll give $100,000, you know, find $100,000 for, for somebody to run a primary against, uh, against that person. And they're going to lose in their third term. I'll fight those fights. I'll pick those battles. I'm tired of this status quo. I'm done with it. Well, I've been harping for a while now over that last uh, budget. You're right. Take out the COVID money, 7.2. The Republicans increased the spending 7.2%, which I believe is the highest they've ever done so. And not one Republican would come on air to talk about it. They all disappeared when those who voted for it, uh, when I reached out from the speaker down, no one would come on air to talk about it. I assume they were embarrassed <laughs> by their you vote. Ask me. You voted for I against it. I, I, I know, Steve, but you voted for it. 
I, I was looking for people who vote. You voted against it. I was looking for people who voted for it to ask them why, because you and I were on the same page. I would have voted against it. And now, I, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, on air with us is State Representative Steve Garr from the 59th District. He's going to run in, or is running, I should say, in the new 4th District that comprises of parts of Fred Upton's old district as well as Pete Meyer, what will be his old district, and a little bit more. So right now running in the primary, Republican primary, is Bill Heisinga, Congressman Heisinga, who we've had on, and now we have his primary opponent, Steve Carr, State Rep Steve Carr, on and I would have Fred on, but Fred will never come on my show. So we don't even know if he's running uh, yet or not. Uh, so that's why, Steve. So I, I certainly saw that you did that. And I was very happy that you did that because I don't know how I could have voted for a 7.2% increase. And that's outside of the COVID funny money. If you put in the COVID funny money, it was 11.4%, I think, uh, total. Take right. away the federal well, COVID funding. If, if you want to be chair of a committee next term, that's one of the things that you don't vote no on. That's how the system works. That's what's destroying our country is that type of system. Now, what many would, people are going to stand against it. What would you say to people who might be concerned that, well, look what happened to Justin Amash. When he didn't play ball, he couldn't get any deliverables for the state of Michigan. Uh, and that was a huge problem with constituents that I heard of, heard from, even though Justin said he was, and I assume was voting on his conscience. Uh, he also was someone who always uh, would, couldn't give an inch when there was maybe some minor issues. Everything was a battle. Everything was always going to be... Um, well, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, he just would never give an inch as opposed to sticking to his guns on the big things, but not the little things. And then he was marginalized in the Republican Party. So that being said, in a kind of sloppy way, sorry about that. Uh, but what what would you how would you address that, Steve? So I, I vote no more than anybody else in the state legislature. We have a Republican majority. You'd think Democrats would vote no more often than I do. But me and some of the other Republicans who are the most conservative, they vote no on a lot of the same things that I'm voting no on. We're known as the most conservative Republicans. However, I still vote yes 60% of the time. So it's not like I don't ever vote yes. I vote yes more often than I vote no. But I vote no the most in the entire state legislature. And that should say something. That, that there's there's just a process of, of, of more government to where the, the people who vote no the most out of the Republican Party are the most conservative. There's too many that just vote yes on everything and don't ever rock the boat and just go along with the, with the majority. Uh, we need people who are going to actually stand up. Do we need more rules, regulations, taxes, fines, and fees on the books? No, we need less. We need to get government out of our way. We need to stand up for more freedom and less government intrusion. And that's what I'll do in Washington. So what do you want a potential, all those potential voters who are listening to you right now to know uh, as we come to the end of this interview? What do you want them to know about State Representative Steve Carr and their vote in the 4th District Republican primary? I'd say that I say what I mean and I mean what I say. 
and you get too many people in there who they talk about how they're for small businesses, but then they have regulations that crowd out small businesses and create monopolies for the large corporations. And then they turn around and they get tax breaks and bailouts to their politically connected and their friends. That is the problem with Washington. I'm not going to play that game. That's what we need. I'm looking forward to representing Southwest Michigan. All right, Representative Carr, thanks a lot for calling in. I appreciate that. Yep, thank you, Rank. You have a great day. 269-441-9595. The lines are back open. So that was the second of possibly the third. Everybody tells me, well, no, Fred's going to run. Fred's going to run. He wouldn't spend a quarter of a million dollars and not run. I don't think he's officially said he's going to run. Uh, I did hear in one radio ad, though, saying he was going to run. But in his TV ad, he doesn't say he's running. So I don't know what's going on. But let's say he does. You got the incumbent. Uh, Geez, I just forgot his (laughs) Fred Upton. That was crazy. The incumbent Fred Upton. Also another incumbent, Bill Heisinger, he already is a congressman since 2011. And you can look into what he's done. And now Steve Cara, state rep Steve Cara, running uh, in the Republican primary. I'm sure we'll hear from more from them in the future. Let me take a quick break, come back and start taking some phone calls. You're listening to the Live with Rank Show. I appreciate that very, very much. Well, I'm just giving you, uh, many of you in the 4th District are listeners of mine. And that was the second Republican running in the Republican primary. Last week, we spoke to spoke to Bill Heisinger, Congressman Bill Heisinger, who had his district absorbed by a district that Peter Meyer. It's all crazy. Basically, Peter Meyer, Congressman Meyer, lost Calhoun County and has expanded his district more to the west of Grand Rapids, which then pushed Bill Heisinger's district down into this new district that Fred Meyer, him, uh, are fighting in as existing, really incumbent congressmen. Fred Upton doesn't have the incumbency uh, by himself on this one. It's both Bill and Fred. Uh, Bill has been a congressman since 2011, I think it was, 12. Uh, Fred since, I think, the 80s. He said he was going to only run five terms. I think he's on his 16th. This would be his 17th term, so take that into consideration. Uh, he's never come on the Live with Frank show. Uh, he was used to be asked quite a bit, but that was years ago, and I just stopped when they wouldn't even uh, respond. That should tell you something right there. So we'll talk to more of them in the future. Let's go to the phone lines. Some people have been waiting a very long time in a Certainly uh, do appreciate that. Bay City, Michigan. Dennis, thanks for holding on as long as you have. You're on. Are you on, Dennis? Dennis, are you on speakerphone? Um, hold on a sec. It's a little bit difficult to hear you. Hello? Whoop, he hung himself up. Well, if he after all, Brad, if he calls in, he goes number one after that. He's been waiting a long time. I think he accidentally hung himself up. It wasn't me. It wasn't me, but he will go up right away. Let's go to uh, Galesburg, Michigan, and Bob. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Snow 67. 
in January 26th, I grabbed my last Stars and Stripes newspaper at Ryan Main Airport, and the headline was, Snow in the Midwest. Okay, so I fly into America, and I get to Philadelphia International Airport, and it is deserted. There is nothing flying in the Midwest. Pick your city, there was nothing flying. So next morning, I come back to the airport, and they said, hey, there's a flight to Detroit. I said, I'll take it. So I flew into Detroit, and Detroit was a glazed donut. I don't know how the airplane ever stopped because it was just ice everywhere. And they, I got into the airport, and they said, where do you think you're going? Well, I'm going to go to Battle Creek. He, they just laughed at me. I says, I know a trick. There's a National Guard Air Force base there. Sure enough, they called later and said, hey, Battle Creek is open. I says, I'll take the flight. And I got into uh, Kellogg Regional Airport, and leaving the airport, I drug my duffel bag shoulder high to the ride that I was getting so I could come home to Kalamazoo. And your point being, though, what, that it was worse back then? That was, that... I, no, I won't say that. I think it's cyclic. My dad talked about the snow of 36. I've seen the snow of 67, and I've seen another major snow since then. So I think Michigan has a cycle. And... uh that, that's what I think. Okay. Well, I appreciate that, Bob. And the, you and many others yeah. uh, feel the same way. Thanks a lot for calling in. 269-441-9595. Let me try to take uh, one more. Who who goes next? I think it's uh, Ellen in Athens, Michigan. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, Rick. Good to hear your voice. Uh, we're getting some big snowflakes down here right now. They're real pretty, but they're not staying put. Anyway, if I, was, I may, I was, again, Ellen, 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 are you on a speakerphone? I am. You want me to take yeah, it off yeah. Speaker? Please, please, everybody, you cannot be on speakerphone when you call into a radio show, or many of you hear what it sounds like. We can't hear it. So, yeah, please, if you want to listen to your speakerphone, that's fine. And then when you're on air, please turn it off. There you go, Ellen. So let me see if it's any better. Go ahead. Should be. Yeah, it is. Anyway, uh, I was calling. Yeah, I was calling in reference. Uh, you were commenting about the weather and, and that. Um, when I don't want to date myself, but I, I, you know, I went to school and I was around in the '68, and I was around in the '78. Um, and our buses did run. Um, we didn't have that many buses because I lived in a really rural area. But uh, I know that up here in the Battle Creek area, you know, they shut down the schools. And I think one of the reasons are is because we've had students that have tried to go to school and have gotten into car accidents and been killed. And there's more buses on the road because there's more students now. And the liability costs are very high. And to take a chance with children on a bus getting hit by another car or another vehicle is, you know, one of the reasons that they shut the schools down. So you're 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 addressing the issue why we had so many today they seem to shut down uh, very quickly with not a lot going on as opposed to when we were younger many of us were younger when we rarely shut down and it sounds like it's because uh, people and parents care more about their kids today than they did back then did our parents not care much about us. <laughs> 
Well, but there weren't as many kids out on the road, and it didn't seem to be that there were other vehicles hitting them. Yeah, I got you. I was just making some fun there. Uh, all right. Well, that could be true. I appreciate your phone call, Ellen, and thanks for calling in. I got to take a break. I went real long there. I just didn't want Ellen to have to wait much longer. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Live with Rank show. You guys want to talk about weather. This has gotten the most reaction of anything I've spoken about over the last few months. More reaction than the uh, war criminal Putin and uh, his uh, his war criminals who are running are in his army. I know you'll hear a lot about that on the national site, so I'm not so concerned that I'm not getting to it real quickly. I do want to remind you guys that uh, to, to th- remember to keep the perspective on what's going on with oil prices uh, in context to what the Biden administration and the Democrats uh, elected and those who elected them were looking for. They were looking for us to no longer be self-dependent, self-reliant on oil. And that's why we're now at four or even more. It's the battle of the pump. Detroiters react as gas prices top $4 a gallon was the headline. It was either the Detroit Free Press or the Detroit News. And yes, some of this now is being caused because of the Russians' illegal war in, uh, or, or certainly criminal type war in Ukraine. But if Donald Trump, if President Trump was still president, we wouldn't be having this issue. Because we were self-reliant on oil. It was the shutting down of pipelines. It was the, and that shutting down of pipelines, they're going to sit there and tell you that the Keystone Pipeline hadn't started pumping gas yet. Yeah, that's true. But if you don't continue it, uh, the project, it'll take even longer for you to get it. But it sends a signal out there. They'll sit there and say, well, depending on what part of the administration you talk to, some will say 11,000 leases and they're not uh, on, on uh, non-federal land, 11,000 oil and gas leases that these companies aren't producing oil in, or 9,000. Again, some say nine, some say 11, which means they don't even know the number. Well, these companies are saying we're not going forward on that because we don't know what this uh, administrations and the Democrats will do. So they'll spend all this money to ramp up new exploration in these leases they already have, then to be turned around and shut down like Biden did on day one when he was seated as president. So all of this argument you're going to hear, it's Russia's fault. It's Russia's fault. No, it's not. It's the policies of Joe Biden, the Democrat Party, and those who voted for it because they were a huge, that was a big issue he ran on. He ran, you guys make me president. I will make us not sufficient on oil because I will shut down everything. Now, he didn't put it that way, but I mean, come on. You got to be smart to some extent and read into this stuff. So that's one thing I wanted to make sure I got off my chest prior to running out of time. Let's go to... Oh, the gentleman had been waiting for so long. I was just going to go to him. I'm so sorry. If he calls back, Brad, maybe he couldn't hang on any longer. He's number one. All right, who's next? Uh, we'll take one more snow snow or weather 
phone call. And that will be Matt from Battle Creek. Good morning, Matt. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rank. Hey, I've looked at this stuff before, but... Um, and, and go along with the weather. Well, the school days, if I maybe, maybe I misunderstood the last caller as far as saying that we care more about our kids now than no, we I, No, 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 no. I jokingly, no, no, hold on, Matt. I jokingly okay. said that. Okay. She said that there's more liability risk, there's more drivers on the road, these kids are driving more, so the risk is higher, and that's why she believes that there's so many snow days taken by these schools every year, and we didn't ha take many way back when. Because from my understanding, it's been a change within the union, and this, is may, this may be opinion, but about the change within the union, let's say back to 70s and 80s, they, they were more responsible with their snow days, where now it's a time off for the teacher. It's a paid day off for the teacher. Right. And, and, and then when they take too many, they run to the state and cry that we say we took too many. Please uh, don't make us work more in the in the uh, summer. And uh, the politicians allow that. Right now. And my, my only my main thing with this, now, I, I guess you brought it up for the snow day. I probably called for the wrong reason, but it's a lot of these people are pushing this green energy. Like with what it's what you just talked about. With what's going on in Russia, I see a lot of people. Oh, if we were on green energy, we wouldn't be dealing with this. But we still those batteries we like the lithium we get from other countries that are not as stable as us. It's still going to affect us. Well, I wrote I wrote about that, or at least spoke about it last Friday. I think I did write and spoke about it last Friday. Uh, that most, if you go to, in fact, I'll go to my. Uh, you see if I can bring up, if you go to WBCKFM.com, that's my flagship station. So that's where I go to. Many of you may go to whatever station you listen to me on. Click on, and I'm going to do what you should do, be doing. Click on Meet the Host. Let me see for the handsome guy. There he is, Rank. Uh, click on him. And I thought I wrote something directly addressing uh, that issue. Hmm. Maybe... Uh, da, 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 maybe not. Uh, anyway, it doesn't look like it. But I, I made the argument on Friday that, oh, no, it was just an article that I spoke of on Friday that all of this stuff, Russia, uh, China runs. They have, uh, they have a monopoly over the rare earth materials. They create 90-something percent of the solar panels. Uh, so all that could be shut down uh, like, China did when it came to medicines during the COVID issue. So you're right, Matt. And now just to talk about, because they use this green energy, uh, and the, when you look at different sites, the numbers adjust. And it's hard to, there's a lot out there, but in 1900, the average temperature in Michigan for the year was 49.4. I think in 2019, that was 50. But if you look over at the stats over 100 years, it's been in the 50s before, and it's been lower. It goes up and down. So you're in the you cyclical the 70s, camp, right? I Yeah, I think, I, I don't think, maybe it's because I didn't go to college. We're not, a, some of these people, they think, you know, we can control the earth and that they, the little things we're doing, I don't think it was much as a threat. All right. I appreciate calling in. I'm sorry to cut you short, but I wanted Dennis has called in and he's been waiting for a long time. 
And now you're back again, Dennis. I appreciate uh, you uh, waiting and then uh, getting knocked off or whatever. Welcome to the show. Now, now is your time, Dennis. You've been waiting way too long. Not a problem, right? Um, when I was a younger kid, I used to go out and shovel snow. That's how I made my spending money. And when I was younger, and we're talking quite a ways back because I'm in my 60s now, there was a lot of snow to shovel. I made out like a bandit every time it snowed. Where did you live? I looked at it today, Bay City. In Bay City, Michigan. Okay. Yep. And I don't, the reason I'm calling is because I listened to you when I was at Western. Now that I'm back in Bay City, I still listen to you on the app. Well, I appreciate that very much. Spread the word. Tell everybody else out there in Bay City to listen to me. I had a college. I am. I'm I had getting, a, getting more time for day by day. I got a college roommate who's uh, used to, lived in Bay City. In fact, his father used to drive a PBR truck, and uh, guess what? We got once in a while when he came and visited. <laughs> Free case. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Anyhow, um, looking at that, I'm, I'm attributing that to weather. Um, this, this man-made climate disruption that they're talking about. I, I take it with a grain of salt, but I got to look at it in terms of scientific background, which means an engineer I have. I look at how long it took Mother Nature to make the oil, the coal, and the natural gas by, you know, things dying, getting compressed, ready a little heat. That was eons to create the resources we're burning today. We've burned how much of those resources in the last 200 years? I can't see as how that would not have an effect on the way things are working in our atmosphere. Okay. All right. So you think that fossil fuels, your belief is that uh, fossil fuels actually does cause uh, an increase in the temperature in the world? I believe it does. Okay. I don't think there's anything we can do about it because even if this country, if even the United States stopped completely tomorrow, China and India are still going to be spewing the crap up into the atmosphere. Right, right. So all these efforts, all this, uh, you know, the Global Warming Conference and all that, uh, the accords, they're kind of a joke because if they're going to let everybody else continue to pollute, why should we, you know, stop? We're doing well enough on our own just through the market weight of being green that trying to do anything more is kind of ridiculous in my opinion. So let me ask you this, a person who believes that, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's got to have some effect. What happened then? Mm -hmm. What caused the ice age to uh, be no longer when there were no fossil fuels that were burning? Couldn't tell you. I, yeah. I wasn't alive back then. You no, know, I know that. It's just a <laughs> thought that, that, that I, that people always ask. Uh, I, I understand. Well, there, there, there's obviously, Go ahead. No, I understand how people would think, well, it's got to have some effect because, you know, we're, we've been burning fossil fuels for uh, for quite a long time. Uh, not a long time when it comes to our Earth. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and we know that when a large volcano spews whatever it spews, it spews more carbon than we certainly spew and you know, X amount of time, a long time. Um, but okay. I just asked that because that's what well, many people ask. The thing is, if you take a look at what we do when we, you know, dig into the ground, we find out this used to be tropics here where we're at. So there, there may have been a warming period where there was a lot of, for instance, the dinosaurs came out and they started to uh, be flatulent and that put too much methane in the air. And that might've triggered a, a, an ice age. We don't know. 
All right, Dennis. Well, thank you so much for holding on, and thanks for listening to me out there in Bay City. Appreciate that very, very much. Spread the word. Take care. You have a great day. You listen to Live with Rank. We're going to take a quick break. Come back to Steve. He wants to talk about the fourth, this new fourth district. Not global warming, not weather, but the new fourth district here in the state of Michigan. You're listening to the Live with the Rank Show. Appreciate that very, very, very much. Now let's change topics. We spoke with Steve Carr, State Representative Steve Carr from the state's 59th district. He's a freshman in that district and has decided to run for Congress coming up this fall. He is running right now in a primary he has against an incumbent, Bill Heisinga, and an incumbent, possibly Fred Upton, and that's due to the fact that we had to, uh, we lost a congressional seat. So we have less influence in federal government because we have one less congressperson, and that's due to population shifts. Now, we didn't lose population. We just didn't gain much, and other states had, and I'm betting those other states gained a lot of illegal aliens because that's also what they they get to choose from that's included in the number, which I think is just ridiculous. That is certainly rewarding states that uh, invite illegal aliens there. That all has to do with the census and whether the illegal aliens aliens should be part of the census. Well, you know, if you want to be part of the census, fine. Take it as a second or separate number, but only the population of American citizens should be considered when we're looking at seats for Congress. Michigan lost out possibly because of that, because we didn't lose a whole lot. We gained a little bit, but not a whole lot. And that's why we have two incumbents. Again, if Fred Upton does run, I haven't heard a outright, yes, I'm running in a commercial on radio. It sounds like he said that, but on TV, he's not. But who's going to spend a quarter of a million dollar and not run? Well, maybe someone who has to has that money that he just wants to spend as a last hurrah, get his face and name out there, or he's testing the waters. We don't know. Last week, we spoke to one incumbent, Bill Heisinga, who's running the 4th District. Earlier today, we spoke to a second, as I was saying, State Representative Steve Carr. And that's what Steve from Portage wanted to discuss. So let's go to Steve. Thanks a lot, Steve, for holding on. Appreciate that. Welcome to the Live with the Hey, Ray. Hello. Hey. I uh, want to focus on, don't want to take time away from the subject matter that I called on, but I will say that when I was in ninth grade in 1968-69, global cooling was the situation that was going to be causing the end of the earth. So right. just uh, touch on that. But here's what I want to appeal to everyone that's listening. Okay. If you vote for Steve Kara, who, by the way, represents Three Rivers, Cass County, part of Cass County, all of St. Joseph County, okay, who is moving into the 4th Congressional District to run, okay? If you vote for Steve Kira, that's a vote for Fred Upton. Why do you say that, is, Steve? Is that you got Bill Heisinga and Fred Upton running against each other. The only person that's got any chance, and I've lived in Fred Upton's district for 36 years, the whole time he was 
that he's been congressman. Do you remember when I he really, first I grew won? up in the area. My point is, is that you've got no opportunity to elect anyone except uh, Bill Heisinger. That's just the fact. Why do you think that's first of all, when did I can't I can't remember was it eight mid eighties that uh Upton first ran or mid nineties? In nineteen eighty six he got elected that's in the I August thought. primary. Right, right. And, 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 and do you remember him promising he'd only do five terms, something like that? I've seen it. Yes, okay. he did. Yeah, and he's on He 16... also he he also voted against her second amendment. If you go back and look you can find that he voted against the Second Amendment, and he got nailed for it big time. And uh, he's been disciplined by the uh, current, I think it's 6th Congressional District, Republican committee because of his vote against, uh, well, to impeach Donald Trump. Right, right. He was, uh, he was uh, certainly... Well, my point is, Rank, is Fred Upton wants Steve Kerr to run. I have sent a letter to Steve Kerr. I was a supporter of Steve Kerr's until the district got redistricted to where it's at now. You've only got the reality is, okay, and I've been involved in 6th, 4th district politics since 1981, and really even before that. And I'm just telling you, you vote for Steve Kerr, you are going to reelect Fred Upton. That's your warning. All right. Thanks for calling in. Uh, he's not going to like to hear that. That's for sure. It, it's always happens. It has nothing to do with this particular race. An incumbent wants more than one person to run against them because most of the time they win. So there are, and I'm talking about in the primary, obviously. I remember when, uh, before this district was uh, created, there were like four or five or six people who were running, wanted to run against Fred. And I remember speaking to one chair and saying, you know, if we don't call this down to one, Fred's going to win. And I, that's part of what I think Steve was trying to explain to all you guys. When you're running against an incumbent. Now, we have two incumbents running against each other, but Fred's prior district makes up more than Bill Izinga. So Steve's saying if there's two people out there to vote for, every vote for Steve, because he doesn't believe Steve would win, otherwise it would be the verse, reverse, every vote for Bill uh, hurts Steve. That's what will happen. And almost all the time it does. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show today. You guys were fired up about weather. Tomorrow we'll come back and talk about, well, who knows what will happen overnight. You guys have a great, safe day. You listen to Live with Rank. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 9 a.m. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.